Hello, my fellow SHC alumni. Welcome to the podcast all about you, where we get to reflect on the days at high school to the people you are today. Our podcast, Dear Me From The Past, reunites old friends and classmates from the cherished or cringe days in the valley. I'm your host, Sandra Hanlon. All right. So can you share with us your journey <laughs> of, I don't know, self-discovery and sexuality um, and give us a bit of insight into what your experience or what happened at that time when you realized your marriage was over and mm. you met this beautiful woman at the gym from Brazil. What? No, yeah. <laughs> from my perspective, I can see that fitness definitely boosted your confidence a little bit more as well. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And still does. Yeah. Still continues to do so. Um, so you're 31. What happens next? Oh, life is beautiful at 31, my friend. Um, Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I felt pretty good at, at 31, you know. Um, yeah, so I, I left my marriage of 11 years. Um, we ended up selling the house that was not quite finished being uh, renovated. Mm-hmm. So I just walked out on that, left it. Um, and so after my first girlfriend, her name is uh, Giovanna, Mm-hmm. So after I met Giovanna, um, I tried to pursue that um, meeting. So, you know, we went for a, I yeah, just I say, just literally finished my marriage on the Saturday. Went out on the Sunday, had a coffee, took her on a drive around Auckland, which she didn't really give a shit about, to be honest. <laughs> she was just like, this was years down the track. She's like, I don't know why you took me for that drive. I don't give a shit. <laughs> anyway, I dropped her off back at her place she's like do you want to come in and I was like sure I literally didn't think anything about it to be honest um went inside and yeah it was all on felt normal felt natural everything that Mm -hmm. I think you know what I had experienced for 11 years with my ex-husband certainly didn't feel like Mm -hmm. um and yeah so six to eight weeks after I started seeing her she broke it off Mm-hmm. because obviously I was still going through the separation and the divorce and selling the house, um, and my head was a mess, I was a mess. Mm-hmm. So for the next 10 months, I really tried to work on myself, um, and then about 10 months later, we got back together, and we had about three and a half years together, wow. um, and it was very off and on, um, but I mean, you know, it's a lot of people probably meet their first love in their 20s. I met mm-hmm. mine when I was 31, my first love. Um, but yeah, it was a good journey um, for, for her and for me. You know, like it was good in a way. For, we both had fitness in, in common and mm-hmm. I learned a lot about myself, you know, and, and being with somebody of, from a different culture as well. Yeah, it was. there was a lot of self-discovery. And I mean, and even at that time, you know, it was my first open relationship as well. So I went from being in a very monogamous, closed, nothing, nobody, all the way to the complete other end. Don't have expectations of me. If I'm going to go and be with someone, I'll be with someone. And if you want to do that, you do that too. And so, oh, okay. Was that the gateway for you to Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yep. And I mean, obviously, you know, having been Catholic and going to church and my ex-husband, you know, converting to Catholicism, then to being with somebody who was more into spiritualism and open Mm -hmm. relationships. I mean, I can't sit here and say I'm 100% lesbian because I'm not because Mm. I've been with guys outside of my marriage um you know so definitely not for relationships 
but mm-hmm. if it's just you know like sexual wise mm. yeah just 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 but just you know like it's just a physical thing to be honest that's that's really all it has been with with other guys mm-hmm. um whether it was with her or since then as well but my main thing when it comes to relationships is with women mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. I say that that was three and a half years with her and then spent a couple of years single um trying to date other women and it was really hard like really hard because um I had been doing bodybuilding Mm -hmm. um, for a couple of years and then I started getting into like doing bodybuilding shows and things like that um I think it was in 2014-15 I met my first coach who was like do you want to do a show and I was like um it's not on my bucket list but let's give it a go so a friend of mine, Edward, he is um, a drag queen, and his mm-hmm. name is Buckwheat. And Love I had it. no idea. I had no idea how to walk in heels. It was horrific. So anyway, <laughs> I walk, I literally, I walk like a guy in heels. So I went to his house, and we went downstairs into his basement where his wigs and his stripper heels and everything is. And I learned to walk in heels by a guy he taught I me. love that so, I've got to see a photo Rachel like please share uh, a photo <laughs> I probably have a video somewhere of actually of that yeah so I'll I'll find it and I'll send it to you it's actually quite funny um but the yeah discipline so that, is unbelievable oh, when it comes oh, to bodybuilding yeah. um yeah my friends yeah. are into that um the friend the friend I went to the, the um ball with last night was very much into that oh, and she transformed yeah. it was so disciplined and I always mm. want to do that, but I know my social life doesn't allow for it. <laughs> it's um, very hard. It's oh. very hard. I mean, you know, even when I was with Giovanna, it was it was very hard. She was a boxer, oh. and there I am, you know, and she's got to eat for strength and energy, and I'm on the other way, and she's like, I don't agree with bodybuilding. And I said, yeah, but what's worse? You're going to say me starving myself or you getting punched in the head. I was like, I don't see <laughs> what is like, what's the worst one to me is the fact you could get brain damage. I'm literally yeah. shredding for like 12 weeks. And the last week, I dehydrate myself. I drink so much water, I'm chapped. Mm-hmm. And then we dry ourselves out. And then you pump yourself up on sugar and shit. Mm-hmm. And then you pump up and go on stage. And the first time I did it, I was in a very barely there bikini. And you know, really outside my comfort zone. So, but how did yeah, it make you time... feel? How did it make you feel? Did you feel like a sense of empowerment on that stage? Going, oh, I'm here. Yeah, I did it. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. I tell you what, like, if I'd have wound back the clock like a couple of years and then compared myself to then, I, it, they were not the same person. Mm. Like, you know, I had no inhibitions. I had no expectations. I just. I just did it and I did it for me. So, and I think that was the first time in my life I actually did something that was for me. You know, I'd spent all my childhood trying to impress my parents. I spent all my teenage years trying to impress my peers and Mm -hmm. trying to be liked and doing everything for the wrong reason. Mm -hmm. This was the first thing I actually did for myself and it was amazing. And Mm -hmm. then I was hooked and then I did three more shows. And then after that, (laughs) and then after that, I was like, Joe, I don't want to do any more shows. I'll just do photo shoots. So then I would, yeah, I would just literally shred and I did about three different photo shoots with with a good friend of mine who is the photographer for the NZIFBB. (laughs) So, you know, it's like, it's it's so empowering, like you Mm -hmm. say. And um, and I think it was, you know, something that Carolyn touched on last week. It's 
you're not always going to feel motivated. You Mm. know, it it comes down to the discipline to follow through, to schedule, to routine your fitness, your eating. Um, And and you can take that through into other parts of your life as well. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I absolutely love the gym scene. And I've traveled overseas to Australia to the the Arnold Classic and, like, met big, massive bodybuilders. And so there are are quite a few different federations. You went for the NZIFBB. Uh, but there's also WBFF as well, World of Body Fitness and Fashion, and that's like Las Vegas on steroids. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's a world that people want to go natural. They go natural. If you want to get on gear, you get on gear. You know, tried it naturally, mm-hmm. and that wasn't for me. So mm-hmm. you know, yeah, and I so I do ride gear and steroids and things like that. Yeah. Um, and I know that there's always, again, you know, everyone's got their points of view and things like that but we all have different body types and you could eat as much protein as you want like my husband Mm. tries so hard but his body type will not build muscle as easily and he's older too so he doesn't have as much testosterone as he would have if he was younger but you'd need that extra level of kind of yeah yeah absolutely I mean and you don't need to I mean, you know, and people go, oh, it's not fair if you're going to go on stage and you're you're up, you know, and you're natural and you're up against the guys who are on steroids. That's not fair. Well, honey, it is what it is. And yeah. if you want to get big, nobody says you have to go and do it. It is a personal choice. Mm. Um, but do it informed. Don't just, you know. So I have, you know, gone through a, a whole lot of stuff with different coaches. So, mm. you know. My voice is always very different. It, it is now a lot deeper than it mm-hmm. ever was. But those kind of things don't bother me. Um, and I think, again, it just comes down to self-acceptance, confidence. Yeah. My body, you know, my like, choice. <laughs> well, absolutely. I mean, and it's like, you know, how you guys were talking about last week, you know, teenage pregnancy. You know what? It's got nothing else to do with anybody else. Yeah. Other people can just stay in their own lane. Your choices or, you know, the things that go on in your life, you know, you just pick it up, run with it, make the best of that situation mm-hmm. and to hell with what anybody thinks. You know, I mean, again, and I and I spent too much time caring what other people thought, what my friends thought, what my mum mm-hmm. thought, like, fuck it. You know what? I'm the one who I have to please at the end of the day. And as long as nothing negative that I do that affects me, leaves me and affects mm-hmm. those around me, mm-hmm. then you know what, if it goes tits up, whose who's problem is that? It's mine. And the consequences to the choices, they're mine Ab- as well. So, Absolutely. Um, absolutely, so, definitely support that. And yeah. I think you get older and you just stop giving a fuck. Like, I'm 40, mate. Do you think I really give a fuck about what you think? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, no, so, you know, and, and yeah. again, it, yeah, and it comes down to that with my sexuality. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, fine. You know, I swing both ways, whatever. Who yeah. doesn't? You know, it is what it is. I don't think you need to. No, define it in a got, way. Mm. Yeah, no, nah, and, and enjoy yourself. Life's too short. Life is too short. Just don't hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know. So now I'm with my partner of three years and we now, we live in the great South Auckland. You know, we've got two cats and doing a house up. So things have settled for you now. You kind of went through the experimental years with Giovanna. Yeah. And then you, now you've kind of found somebody who's more at the same pace as you are I guess is that what you would how you would kind of define that this moment in time yeah like I'm obviously I'm 40 and and Gina's 52 there is a bit of an age gap there 
I'm currently going through actually um, ADHD uh, diagnosis as well because that mm -hmm. runs in our family mm -hmm. and that has played a lot of issues in my relationships actually. Mm -hmm. And it's not until like now I'm looking at these things going, okay, is this why I've really struggled with relationships and at work and things like that? So I have to be 100% honest, you know, like it's not plain sailing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that stems down to the fact that I'm still discovering new things about myself and so that I can work with those new dynamics, which I just thought, I didn't even know they existed. You know, you kind of sometimes feel like, shit, you know, and was I completely oblivious to this? Mm. This is actually going on. It's not until somebody else goes, hey, you said you were going to and this and that. And I was like, well, okay. Yeah, so I'm going through that at the moment. And yeah, I, I couldn't have asked for a more supportive partner. Um, very, very blessed um, yeah. to have somebody who, again, we share a lot of similar things in life. We met mm -hmm. in the gym again. Yeah, so, yeah, very, very blessed. The gym has a lot to answer for. Hey, our whole social system <laughs> um, is built oh, at a gym. It is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, where, where have you met and most of your friends? Yeah, at 45. Yes, so some of the friends that have mm. really maintained for the last couple of years. So, my again, my husband's just a year older than your partner. Um, mm. So we've been cool. together for about 18 years now. We met at wow, work. but fabulous. We do things like, oh, we got, you know, I think in 2016 – we said we'll, we'll go to, we'll do Everest Base Camp and we were needed mm -hmm. to get fit for that, which is why we went to F45 and and then it kind of opens a world of all these people, like-minded people just like you, Absolutely. you know, yeah. so now really good friends that I have and I spend a lot of time with are people that I've worked yeah. at the gym, but they're also the people uh, who are at the same stage of life as you as well in many, in many cases. Yeah. Um mm. One of my best friends, Alana, we travel. She comes traveling with my husband and I, and she's our best friend now because he doesn't have to worry about putting kids to bed. And you know, if I want to go for a walk in the afternoon, but who's up for a walk? And they're up for a walk because we all live in the same neighborhood mm. as well. So I love oh, that, goodness. and I love that I can introduce those friends to other friends, and you can, you know, build those different networks. And being from New Zealand, you have to start again and build your oh, own yeah. networks. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it, yeah, it, it can be a very, very lonely journey. Fully understand that, and it's kind of like sometimes you want to break out of one place and go into another, and it mm. can be, I think, probably something that holds a lot of people back. But yeah, sometimes, like you say, you've just got to get out of your comfort zone because nothing's achieved there. But I, but I do believe, you know, like what you're saying, you know, through the gym, there are so many positive people as mm -hmm. well. Like mm -hmm. there's there's not a lot of negativity. People are really upbeat, so. And then through that, you just meet some other really cool people. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, good on you, though, for having somebody you can go traveling with. That's oh, cool. Oh, I know. I know. I mean, Craig's kind of, Craig and I have always done that. It's part of, you know, what keeps us together and what connects us. Um, but I mm. also read, I saw there was a research conducted on how to live longer. So I, I like that. Like that's, there's scientific proof now why I should keep my friends and try and, um, you know, make more. But it's also a place of vulnerability, too. You know, mm -hmm. like I think yeah. women, easy for us, coffee, for a walk, make friends, you can spend time and socialise together. But my husband on the other side struggles because men mm -hmm. typically don't go have coffee and go for a walk with their friends, even though they should. <laughs> um, yeah, it's interesting, eh? Like, is that down to gender or, I can't, yeah, it's hard Expectations to... and gender, yeah, could be, could be. I don't um, know, it's... Yeah, because that, that comes down to the whole thing. I mean, people are always – and another thing, like I don't socialise within the rainbow community. It's only because I don't know how many letters are attached to that. Like I have zero to do with that. 
And I actually feel less inclusive in that and fully inclusive within the gym. I feel very uncomfortable uh, because I kind of feel like I don't belong there. Mm -hmm, And maybe mm -hmm. that's just my own view on it or Mm -hmm. how I feel about it. But it's kind of not been something that is completely that I've been drawn to at Mm -hmm. all over the last 10 years. But yeah, definitely within the gym, that gym rat vibe is, and like I say, that's where I guess most of my friends who are guys who, who are gay, and they're hilarious. I mean, crikey, some of the stories I hear from the guys and, and the mm-hmm. gay spas and, and things like that. And the promiscuity is just, it's pretty. <laughs> I got to experience that in my me. 20s. I love yeah. that side of it. You know, we had the dog pound in Wellington. It was the best night mm. out. Like if you're a girl, mm. you just want to hang out with your, with your mates and you don't want to have to be hit on or have to worry yeah. about anything, you go hang out in the dog pound. People in there will make you feel welcome and you have a great time. And it's funny because my husband comes across as um, bisexual sometimes and I think it's really funny. So we're in a bar. Oh, God, I think it's called Barley Joe's. I don't know if you've been to Barley before. Yeah. Barley Joe's, mm. um, they have shows there as well, but. So many men oh, cool. come up to my husband. <laughs> I think it's so funny. And he's like, oh, look, I'm, I'm here with my wife. <laughs> She's a jealous bitch. Like, you really don't want to go there. And that's probably um, like, honey, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> she but can I come too. <laughs> yeah, you have such a great time in those kind of places. I wanted to ask, because you described the relationship you had with your ex-husband as father, uh, father-child type of uh, dynamic. Yeah. What mm. would you describe the dynamic with your first female partner? Would you describe it in the same way or what was that relationship? Because it seems like there was a lot of dependency to kind of help you understand yourself more and develop those yeah. guardrails of what you are willing to do and, and experiment on what you weren't willing to do. How would you define that? Um, dom and sub. <laughs> The so, dominant and submissive. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I would say um, outside of the bedroom, she was a dominant and mm-hmm. I was a submissive. Mm-hmm. And inside of the bedroom, I was a dominant and she was a submissive. Okay. So, yeah. Interesting. And that was because yeah. you needed to, was it a way of you experimenting and understanding yourself more or was it more, I need to take control because I need to know what my limits are? I need to know what I'm comfortable with. Or was it just a natural attrition of, you know, these are the roles we play? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't even think it was, I do this, you do that. It just kind of came about that Mm -hmm. way. And yeah, and I guess, I don't know, like even even if it's myself and a a guy, I still want to be dominant. Um, Mm -hmm. It's quite interesting, like with, you know, like when, when it comes to being with women, definitely going with a feminine but if it's a guy definitely a masculine guy mm-hmm. like have to be mm-hmm. masculine you have to be otherwise yeah it's quite interesting but um the backstage yeah, yeah, in those you... body comps were <laughs> <laughs> i know i know i know i mean when everybody's in the tent naked getting tanned yeah you don't get yeah, every piece of skin and flat or whatever in creation <laughs> is all hanging out and you're all in there together drying off in the hallway yeah. yeah, there's no, there's definitely no, nothing to hide. <laughs> Considering so, you once you described yourself as a librarian in your twenties, oh, and then your thirties, yeah, you kind of like got saucer eyes in the middle of a sausage and, um, and yeah, cat fest. I, <laughs> yeah, I know it's. Oh, I know. Sometimes I have to pinch myself because I'm like, 
I can't believe that was kind of yeah the life I lived and and the journey that I it's it's not what I would have expected to be honest I think you know when I was in seventh form I would have thought myself ever thought about children mm. you know mm-hmm. so it's why I've not had children and I'm glad I didn't because then you know having to have connection with somebody who I'd never want to see again in my life would just mm-hmm. be just be too much because there was a lot of trauma that came mm-hmm. from that and even trauma I'm um, still still processing through and I think like you know I've had had therapy for that as, mm-hmm. as well as a lot of other stuff as well so but I guess you know that's where exercise kind of saves you a lot yeah. and exercise for mental health has been like amazing and I'd say probably one of the the hardest moments of my life was when we were you know in Auckland we went into like a five-month lockdown pretty much and there were no gyms open for over a hundred days so Mm. not being able to exercise and see my friends and stuff got me in the worst case of depression in my entire life so what is this going from being really social to being in lockdown was hard I think when people describe that time we had a different experience in Western Australia we had, oh, we had, did you? Yeah, because you guys locked, closed your borders, right? They closed the border to everybody in Australia too, so you couldn't cross mm. into WA. And because mm. they did that, we were free. Fabulous. We were free go to travel within our state. We were free to go camping. We were free to go to work. No masks. Masks yeah. came in in 2022, last year, uh, like 2021. And yeah. then our lockdowns were, I think, the maximum was that with everyone locked down, I think it was five weeks. And then we ne- we only had days locked down after this. So it was absolutely fantastic. So when people talk about this, I'm kind of like, shit, yeah. I forgot that you guys <laughs> had that experience because we had festivals, we had concerts, wow. we had games. Wow. That's so amazing. We, we were very lucky. The rest of the country hated our premier, hated him. We loved him. Yeah, yeah we, we thought he was the best person ever and he looked after us and we were able to go to work. Yeah. And I think in the context of Australia, we have all the mining. And if WA yeah. shut down... Australia would go broke. So there was no oh, way in I, hell yeah. we couldn't have mm. that freedom of movement. We wouldn't be able to keep the mine sites going. So, yeah. and, and a result of that and us behaving well and sticking to certain rules was we got to live freely yeah. and do what we wanted. And you in that situation, were you on your own? Were you single at that time or were you in a relationship? Oh, no, I was with my partner, Gina. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so very lucky. I mean, Obviously, could still go to work and things like that. Yeah. But it was just, you know, like for us, not being able to get out and couldn't see my family and mm. my grandmother wasn't well. And, yeah, I just wanted to see – we just wanted to see our families and just to get out of Auckland, you know. I mean, the rest of the country, probably like how the rest of Australia felt about WA. They hated mm-hmm. you guys, right? And it was the same. <laughs> yeah. And, but at the same time, if you like you said, if you guys close down, the whole country stops. But for Auckland, the, we are the, the hub for – import and export you know every movement every decision on retail etc gets made in Auckland and rolls out to the rest of the country so people have always been anti-Auckland anyway ask any Wellingtonian (laughs) you know but again it was kind of like well Auckland wasn't open so the rest of the country wasn't moving so Mm -hmm. which is why we tried really hard to fight to open the borders anyway I mean it is what it is it's definitely a moment in history where you go oh there was this epidemic and what did you guys do oh we just stayed home (laughs) <laughs> I miss it though I do miss those days because I you know not having to go to work and I love those days where it was just you know you were at home hanging out with your family and you know my son yeah. was living here at the time it was so nice and and I think when you feel really stressed at work you want a bit of a break you're like I want COVID again I want the five <laughs> weeks we'll be locked down I'm gonna have to do anything I can just Netflix and chill 
yeah. Oh, um, and Netflix got really good during lockdown, actually. Oh, so. <laughs> fantastic. It was the best. So n- now you're in your 40s. What are some yeah. of the things that you would say to your past self? Yeah. You get the opportunity to. Do things for you, not for other people. Yeah. You know, you don't need to be such a bloody people pleaser all of the time, seriously. And and have faith in yourself, actually. Mm-hmm. Don't don't second guess yourself. Go with your gut feeling. Because that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's normally gonna be your best uh decision as your, you know, it comes from your gut rather than being led by heart or or head. Don't get married when you don't know the fucking person, all right? And don't yeah. stay in something too long. Don't overcook the pie, honestly. I love yeah. That. Don't overcook the pie. Oh, I'm, I'm such an eleventh. I'm such an eleventh hour person. Oh, probably a lot. Just be kind to yourself. The same as probably like what Carolyn said. To be honest, yeah. And deal with the trauma early on. I think and okay. identify those things. Definitely identify the trauma, and and don't take it into relationships. Don't let that shit inflict on other people mm-hmm. yeah and you know we are good people we bring value to the people that we're around and love yourself more I think everybody needs to love themselves more and I um, mm-hmm. don't need to be arrogant about it or like oh fuck I'm so hot you know sometimes you've got to be like shit yeah you're hot like you're sexy that's cool yeah. you know what I mean like yeah self-care self- yeah, but- yeah and I think that is something that we probably didn't really do as as teenagers mm-hmm. as kids mm-hmm. and stuff um you know, and, and check in on your friends as well. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's probably, again, something that we've learned through growing up, you know, and hard times that we've been through and friends and family have been through. It's just, yeah, just love your people, your friends, your family, and give a fuck about them because mm-hmm. they care about you back. So, yeah. No, I like it. I like yeah. it. I do want to ask, um, yes. and you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. You could just say, no, nah, not talk about that. But you're 31. And that you've got a partner. How did your family take it? Have they taken oh, it? Oh, sure. Did- I mean, I tell you what, everybody I told that I had left my husband were like, thank God, finally, <laughs> serious, seriously, he was such a fucking loser, honestly. Really? Like, like <laughs> oh, my God, like four years into our marriage, he stopped working. Oh, he stopped working. Okay. Yeah, and I, I, I was the only one working, and he just started mowing lawns, earning fuck all. Honestly. You put up with that for another, what, seven years? Seven years. Yep, I did. Yes. And that was stupid of me, honestly. And that's what I'm saying. Like, don't put up with – and don't do stupid shit. Like, mm. don't do dumb shit, seriously. So everybody was really glad that I'd ended it. I think it took, it's taken quite a few years for my mum to kind of be with women. Honestly, she loves Gina. My family love Gina because she's such an amazing person, like got the biggest heart and just cares about people and Mm -hmm. is so genuine about it and selfless, Mm -hmm. not selfish, not a taker, like a complete giver. The person your mother probably wanted you to be with, you know, when you were younger. uh, Yeah, from the the get-go, you know. um, My grandmother, I didn't really tell her. I didn't know how to tell her because she was 90 and she was a, you know, full-blown Christian from from birth. Mm -hmm. So I wrote her a letter, Mm -hmm. actually, and I said, look, man, I just, you know, wanted you to know that I – I think I'm probably said I'm gay at that point because that's mm. what I thought I was. I thought mm. I was gay. Anyway, and she wrote me a letter back and I, I did throw it out, but it was, you know, like, you know, I want to be able to go to heaven with my grandchildren and it makes me sad that you won't be there. And I just was like, you know what, well, I know my God loves me. It's the same God, mm. but that was fine. 
and I kind of didn't have a lot to do with her. Mm. Um, I didn't ring her as often. But anyway, then in 2019, she went into a home and we just, I just put it all under the carpet because I was like, do you know what? It's not important now. Love this woman. I, but I have to say most of my friends, family were very supportive, like really yeah. supportive. They were amazing. So, and most people were like, how did you not know that you were gay when you were younger? So I guess for the people listening to this, <laughs> like, I would really like, I really want to know. I mean, because I my first crush was on a five-year-old girl when I was five. Not that I was an adult and had a crush. To, let me just <laughs> put that in context. <laughs> so it doesn't sound really weird. Yeah, the disclaimers was, on Spotify be yeah, like, ah, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. I was five and my friend Fran Mitchell from Trentham School, I had the biggest crush on her and I didn't know what the fuck that was about. So how far back? Would people think that was kind of over me, like that I was like that? Because mm. I, like I say, because I repressed it all and put the lid on it and jumped on it so many times, but people were like, about time, you know? Yeah, and I think nice. for a lot of people who do come out in whatever way later on in life, they're like, fuck, we knew that for years. So, <laughs> yeah. How rude. Do you feel like, do you think your mother regrets not giving you the blessing back then for you to be you or was she kind of not aware either or was she, she suppressing it as well? Like, oh, Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and you know what? And that's why I've got no hard feelings towards my mum about anything, mm-hmm. about the beatings, about what, how she, how she put things, you mm-hmm. know, and she put us down a lot. Um, but you know what? She was married to a complete dickhead who didn't support her. She was left with two teenage girls. Just you projecting, know, she, really, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah, you know, and she had a hard upbringing with her mum and dad. Mm. You know, she never felt good enough. So, you know what? How I was feeling is how she felt when she grew up. So, yeah, no hard feelings here whatsoever. It just is what it is, you know. My mum is one of my best friends, and I love That's my great. mum to bits. So, you know, like, nah, and she, I don't think she would have known. Nah. Yeah, do you know what? Everything happens for a reason, and I'm glad I got it in my 30s and Fantastic. was, you know, then not at all or later on in life. Mm. So yeah. well, You're still young enough to enjoy it. You probably enjoyed oh, it more in your 30s than you did in your 20s. The 20s are always those awkward years, aren't they? I think we talked oh, about God, that in the last shit. podcast. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Whenever people go, oh, my God, my 20s are amazing, it's like, no, they're not. Really? They're actually, <laughs> they're actually not. Do you know who the fuck you are? Like just waste your time in your 20s and then just wait till your 30s because that's when you got your shit together. Like mm-hmm. 30s is when everything sinks in, right? So yeah. and you start making some really good life decisions. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I miss about yeah. my 20s is my um my stomach. Like I could eat anything, anything. Oh, I know. And we were all a size <laughs> six. <laughs> and now, oh, wake up with stomach issues. Oh, that's got too much gluten and I can't eat that. Oh, did you put, like oh. my husband made me a hot chocolate last night and I was like, this is not oat milk. <laughs> He's like, how do you know? And I was like, I need to go to the toilet. That's how I fucking know. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Straight that's so through. sad. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the downside of having more money but not being able to eat everything you wanted to eat. Yeah, now. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. And it makes losing weight so much harder because your hormones, they're just fucked. And your metabolism everything. is so fucking slow. <laughs> yeah, you've got to work harder. You know it if you're F45. So. <laughs> Very much so. Very much yeah. so. Oh, gosh. Is there anything you want to tell people or, you know, is there a message you want to give? I'm sorry if in seventh form um, and I was on um, gate duty because I was part of <laughs> Mrs. Bartlett's mafia. The uniform mafia. 
that's my other regret. Let's go back to the first question. You weren't a uniform mafia, were you? Yes, I fucking was. Um, yes, I was. <laughs> and hilarious. so I'm really sorry to all the bitches out there who had their blazers in their backpacks instead of wearing them to school. I will repeat it again. Your blazer is no use in your backpack. Put it on. <laughs> 